0: I'm going to be in three places, 1 Peter 4, 2, Romans 6, and Ephesians 4. You say, my goodness, traveling. Yep, we're going to travel just a little bit. Have you ever heard this statement or made it yourself? I'm living the dream. Ever done that? If you've said that out of your own mouth, raise your hand. What does that mean? I'm living the dream. I heard a couple of youth come out. A couple of weeks ago, I was behind him. I said, I'm living the dream. I said, what's that mean, David? We don't know. (laughs) Well, I believe that the Bible has some things to say about what the true dream or what it should be for your life and mine. In 1 Peter 4, verse 2, as believers, we're commanded... Not to spend the rest of our life chasing after evil desires. But will be anxious to do and follow the will of God. Now, Romans 6 says, verse 6, We have crucified our sinful selves with Jesus Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our lives. Now, some of you here today say, well, Mike, I tell you what, son, I feel like I'm living the dream, but man, is Satan not sending evil my way. Well, why do you think he does that? He doesn't want you successful. He doesn't want you living the dream. He doesn't want you following the will of God at all. Verse 7 says, for when we died with Christ, when do we die with Christ? When we came to Christ, but ultimately the death was taking place at the cross. Death was provided for you and me when Jesus died on the cross. And then we received that in salvation. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now, does that mean that we didn't sin anymore? No, but you don't have to quit using the excuse you got to sin. We've been broken. We have been freed from the power of sin. Verse 8 says, when we died with Christ, we know that we also share His new life. You're not an old man anymore. You're a new man. You're a you're a a partaker of the divine nature of God. It's a gift that we've been given. And when you and I say we're living the dream, but Friday night we're in the bar stool or on a bar stool drinking like a fish, what dream are you living? You're still. Puffing on stuff you have no business puffing on? Hanging out with stuff and doing stuff? You you say, man, what happened to the dream? The dream is still there. It's just God never moved. You're the one that moved. Verse 11 says, because Jesus died once to defeat sin, so now you consider yourselves dead to sin. That should be our perspective. And able to live for the glory of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't it neat to know that God had a plan from the very beginning? Listen to Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, and the plans are for good, or your good, and not for evil. You want to know what means to live the dream? It sure isn't found in evil. It's not found in sin because that'll drag you to the trash heap of life. You know why some of you don't have peace? You know why some of you don't have joy in your life? Because you eat up with sin. And that's not where we're supposed to be hanging out. That's not dreaming the dream, my friend. God makes it very clear in 2 Timothy 1.9. It is God who saved us And shows us to live a holy life. A life after Jesus. Not the junk of this world. He did this not because we actually deserve it. But because that was his plan long before the world was ever thought or brought into existence. To show his love and kindness through Jesus Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about living the divine design, living the dream. So many Christians are walking around defeated. They're living below the standards that God intended. And in Ephesians 4, we, we're going to deal with a couple of those, two or three of them. And... Which tells or talks to us and shares with us how we don't have to cave to the flesh. We have power over that. Proverbs 3, 6 says, seek his will in all you do and he will direct your path. Anybody need direction today? I tell you what, years ago when it was about 14 of us at my house, I had no idea what God's going to do with us. Now, it makes a little bit more sense today, but it's still cloudy. What in the world is God up to in your life? What's he doing? Is there, you say, I'm saved, Mike. I know Jesus lives in my heart. Well, can I ask you a question? Is there change going on in your life? Because the Bible says that you've received the spirit of truth, but yet we live so often in defeat. Colossians 2.13, I love this verse. God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against you. Did you know you had charges against you? <laughs> now you say, sure have, man, I spent time in jail. Well, that's not the kind I'm talking about. From the very foundation of this earth, when we came into this world, we started developing charges. And when Jesus came into this earth and he died on the cross, the Bible said he took those charges and nailed them to the cross. Man. That's cool. Paul said he canceled it. He took and destroyed it. By nailing it to the cross. Now, most of you don't even have a a clue, nor can you understand that. But it's such a glorious gift that Jesus has committed himself to you and I. In Ephesians chapter 4, we find ourselves where it says in verse 22, we're to put off the old man. When does that take place? We were born with it. When do we put it off? When you and I come to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You say, well, I I don't sense all that new. Well, have you died? Let me tell you something. I've died to Mike. And I was resurrected unto Jesus. And I was given a new divine nature. The old things I don't long to do anymore. Now, sometimes we do. But I don't long for it. I know Jesus lives in me through his Holy Spirit. And we become new people with new lives. And hopefully you're living the dream. We become new creatures. You see... What does all that look like? That's what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. Look at verse Ephesians 4, verse 25. How do I know I'm living? The divine design. Well, first of all, if you're living it, it will always involve telling the truth. Uh oh. The Bible talks about that. Yep, look at verse 25. Paul says, Put away all falsehood. And tell your neighbor the truth. Oh, my gosh. You mean I got to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? So help me, God? Yes, that's what it means. I can't lie anymore. Yesterday, we went to watch my granddaughter play volleyball up in Lilburn or Lawrenceville somewhere, 48 minutes from here. When you walked in, there was a table that says it's $5 per head to come in. Well, my wife was so upset that we didn't know where nobody was at. We shot right by that table. We didn't pay $5. We went and watched two volleyball games. And I walked down and I said, Stop. She said, What's wrong? I said, We're going to pay her $5. Now, I didn't pay that $5 or $10 knowing that I was going to be preaching on this. But how many of you had got by and didn't pay it, would have paid it on the way out. Now, I'm not elevating me. I'm just talking about a principle. You see, we live in a nation full of liars. You can't watch the news without hearing lying. I mean, it is so irritating to me. Everybody's lying. What is the truth? Anything that is not full of truth is a lie. Embellishments, people trying to exaggerate falsehood or or truth, making yourself look good is a lie. Proverbs 26 verse 28 says, A lying tongue hated those that are afflicted, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Proverbs 6 says, There's six things that I hate, God says, And one is a a proud look, and the other is a lying tongue. We we lie so much, we even believe that it's okay to lie. But it's not. Now, look, I come out of the construction world, and I know what lying's all about. You get a job, tell somebody you want to be there, knowing you ain't going to be there. But you want to what? Tie up that job. That's a lie. I love construction workers who tell the truth. I can't be there, but I can be there Thursday. Can't make it Monday, but I can make it Thursday. If, it's the, if that's you want me to tell it, tell it. If that's the truth, then tell the truth. Don't lie. Because you see, you got somebody that you need to prove and, and please a whole lot more than than the than the sub or the, or the builder you're working for is called God. And he doesn't honor, nor does he bless, lying. Sometimes it's tough when you get busted for something you did wrong or something that's embarrassing. But God expects you, if you get busted and you were hiding it, to expose it and to tell the truth. Whole truth. Nothing but the truth. So help you God. Now... I I have to be careful because these these messages go out tape. My brother ever listened to any of them, but I'm not going to tell you what he did. But I did hear somebody say, oh, my goodness, don't worry about it. The check is in the mail. I knew that was a lie. We were in the middle of the ocean. How many of you said, don't worry about it, check's in the mail? And you lied. You ever read that sign, one size fits all? That's a lie. You ever seen a 600-pound trying to get in a 50-pound? That's a lie. But we buy into it. Money cheerfully refunded. That's a lie. I ain't never seen anybody cheerfully refund anybody's money. You? I'll start my diet tomorrow. Come on, you liar. That's a lie. My daddy, my daddy hopefully is in heaven, but he used to say this all the time. Son, this hurts me a whole lot. It's going to hurt you. I said, no, it won't. It's going to hurt me more than hurt him when he takes that belt off and lays it in on me. Now, if my mama was living back there where uh, Josh is sitting, She'd say, he's not telling the truth. But my my bill didn't spank him with the belt. Yes, he did too. I don't know where she was at. But we'd argue about that after I'd preach on stuff like this. I just need five minutes of your time. Are you kidding me? I've never seen anybody just give or get five minutes. That's a lie. Open wide. It won't hurt a bit. Give me a break. Yep, I had cancer cut out of my chest this week. He didn't say it's going to hurt or he didn't say it wasn't. He just said, lay down. Nurse comes in. She's a pastor's wife. Takes out that needle. Oh, my gosh. That hurt. But then I started smelling burnt flesh and listened to all that cutting and the grinding. And I didn't hurt at all. Until I got home. Mm. And I've been scratching like a dog with fleas. Y'all ever had stitches and it just itch? But they say I don't have no more cancer and that's okay with me now. You know, my wife's got two or three surgeries on me in that area. When we're caught in a lie, it undermines the credibility. It destroys other people's confidence in you. And others. We don't need to be lying. We are dwelt by the spirit of truth. And anything less than the whole truth is a complete lie. So the first thing, if we're going to live by the dream, if we're going to live by divine uh, design, we need to learn how to tell truth. Even if it hurts. Second of all, we need to, if we're going to live by divine divine design, I can't even say it. Look at verse twenty six, it says, Be angry and sin not. Oh no. There's some of you in here got terrible tempers. And and you look good at church now, you smiling, laughing, and then you go out. Would you get in that car? You dumb youngin'. And you get all riled up. You know what? The, the word anger refers to red-faced. You know what I'm talking about, right? Boy, my mama would get red-faced. And, and she'd go get, she would go get tough at me. But what kind of anger? Because you see, there is a good kind of anger. Uh, Psalms 4.4 says, don't, don't sin by letting anger gain control of you. Think about it overnight. And and remain silent. Boy, that's going to be hard for some of us. We can't remain quiet, especially when we get mad. You remember Jesus when he got angry with the Pharisees in Mark 3 when he was resenting. They were resenting the healing of the man with a withered hand on the Sabbath day. You remember Jesus when he went into the temple, Matthew 21, 12, in the house of God. And he said, you've turned the house of God into a place of merchandise. Jesus was angry. Got upset. Jesus was angered by anything that misrepresented or maligned the Heavenly Father or true worship. Psalms 90 or 69, verse 6. We need to be angry when weak people and poor people and less fortunate people get mistreated. We need to be angry. Anger is divinely implanted in our emotions. It's closely allied to the instinct for what is right. It is designed to be used for constructive spiritual purposes. But that's not the kind of anger that Paul talks about by not letting your anger be, be angry and sin not. Sometimes we don't like to get mama mad because mama won't let it go. We don't like to get daddy mad because it's going to go on for a while. You see, you may be like that where you get angry and you sin. Let me tell you what the difference between righteous anger and anger that's sin. Most of the time when it's personal and it's all about us and it's all about being selfish, that's sin. But if we're getting mad on the fact that God's getting the, the raw deal or something about the Bible's being attacked or, or we, we stand up for truth, that is righteous anger then Paul complicates it because he says let not the sun go down on your wrath now what's that mean it means you're not supposed to carry it over to the next day you're not supposed to have leftovers when it comes to anger my wife and I, I can't remember now what we got mad about but I remember it was at my mama's house And we weren't getting anywhere. Y'all ever had that kind of argument? You just ain't getting nowhere. And the more you look at one another and your eyes get on one, the worse it gets. And I said, now, how are we going to do this biblical? Because the Bible says we can't go to bed until we get this. Don't let. She said, I guess we ain't going to sleep tonight. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I got to have my sleep. Some of you would still be up weeks on end if you were obeying this verse because you're in the midst of a controversy that's causing anger in your heart. One man told his physician, for the physician told the man, he said, Man, I'm sorry, but you got rabies. Man, took a pad out, quickly began to write. He said, now, wait a minute. You don't have to write out your will. Rabies is treatable. He said, man, I'm not writing out my will. I'm writing down people I'm going to (laughs) bite. Now, there's some people in your life you'd like to bite right now because you're mad. You're angry. The Bible says if we're going to live the dream, if we're going to live by divine design, we have to learn to deal with their temper. Now, I got news for you. The Holy Spirit, if He is, and, and I think He is, if He's in you, you've got the power to override that. If you're always running around getting mad, just to understand this, you're letting flesh rule, not faith rule. And you got some growing needs to take place in the house, and it's in you. So be aware of that. Thirdly, if we're going to live by divine design, we have to learn not to be a thief. Now surely there's no thieves here in the house. We ain't supposed to steal. It's coming tax time, guys. We all looking for loopholes. But what about that money you don't report? Now remember, the Bible says whether we like it, and I don't like what I'm fixing to say, and I don't even like to mention this, but it's the Bible. Whether we agree with the government, we're under the government authority. Now, when the government says, I can't serve my God, then the government and I will go to fighting. When the, when the government says, you can't preach on sin, then I'm going to jail. I'll start a prison ministry. <laughs> I'm not going to agree with wrong because the government says I got to. I'm not going to do that. But when I run down here and run a red light and a blue light gets on my tail... And says, you just run a red light. And I say, I ain't paying it. I got a little citation from Florida in the mail this week. It said, sun pass. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I know you truck drivers do. And it has a tag. It has my band tag number. Now, I know when I went there, I thought I paid all of those passes because I was mad having to pay it. You know what I owe them? A dollar seven. (laughs) A dollar seven. I got to send a check for a dollar. And are you going to do that? Yes, I am. It cost me $1,000 to fight it. Because I believed I paid all that. I didn't intentionally try... To steal or to cheat. Verse 28 says in and Ephesians 4 If you are a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work and then give generously to others in need. Verse 28 Let him that steals, steal no more. But what about the debt that I owe somebody? I don't want to pay it. If you don't pay it, you're stealing. you don't report all your stuff to IRS, you'll stand before Jesus on it one day, and I will too if I try to steal. When I go to a sales clerk, sales clerk gives me 10, and I wasn't supposed to get but five, and I take that, it's stealing. You're supposed to give that back. Well, now, wait a minute. She's the one ought to learn how to count. Look, there has no eye. <laughs> When it comes to God, she don't, he ain't holding her accountable for her count un. Ability or inability to count, he's holding you responsible for being a thief. You say, Mike, are you living the dream? Because you see, the dream involves a plan that was designed even before we were born. It's called a divine plan. It's called you and I being connected at the hip to the Holy Spirit. It's called you and I listening to God. It's called you and I having a heart and desire and a humbleness and wanting to please God and not wanting to please that which is evil. Lying on insurance claims. It's cheating. It's lying. Malachi 3, 8 and 10, blame And I'm not preaching on but I'm going to share it. When you don't tithe and give your tithes to the storehouse and offerings, you're stealing. I'm stealing when I don't do it. I'll shut up. Verse 28, our sins of the old life should not be allowed to follow us into the new life. But yet, every time we turn around, I'll hear the, hear this or that. We're not being honest. I'm a firm believer in work. I'm a firm believer by earning the, the uh, earning your income by the sweat of your brow. Now, when I was in Bible college, I'll be honest with you, I, me and my wife got food stamps. But every preacher was on food stamps, but that didn't mean nothing. We were just on food stamps. But I, my pride was, I'd go to another town. I went to Mariana, Florida, and I, that was an hour away. Shop. Never been on food stamps before. Because my daddy taught me, son, you earn your living by the sweat of your brow. Your employers that you work for, you give them an honest day work. You don't slouch. You don't cheat them. You work hard for them. Even if you don't get recognized, you're supposed to work hard. You see, you and I are supposed to labor with our hands. Did you know that even when Adam and Eve were in their perfect state, you know what God said? You're going to go and tend the garden. Then when they fell in sin, it says that you will, the rest of your life, you will earn your living by the sweat of your brow. And some people say, well, now, preacher, you don't sweat. I know, you're a Bible thumper. You don't work but a half a day a week. Go on and believe that if you want. But the truth of it is, He was told that he would struggle to scratch out a living. Now, it's true. Some people get whatever you want to call it, play the lottery, and end up millionaires. But boy, the the ones that get it that way have you have you read their their history of what happens? It's not good. I personally believe. That Ephesians 4 28 tells us to use our hands for honest work and not be afraid of it if you're able. And then, lastly, living that by divine design involves tenderness. I'm not talking about relationships here. Listen to verse 32 Be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you. Can I ask you a question? When you mention the word forgiveness, anybody got in here? Anybody they just like to bite? If you like to bite them and give them rabies, guess what you haven't done? Yeah, forgiven them. And the Bible says that for you and I to hold on to forgiveness, it creates resentment. And then when resentment runs its course, it develops bitterness. And all of a sudden, we become not tender, but tough. We become critical. We become mean. We become a a person that God never intended us to be. He wants us forgiven people. Look, I've forgiven some I didn't want to forgive. But I know that to be obedient and to do what God wants me to do, I had to do it. Matthew 6, 15 says, For if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins... But if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Now, it's a serious thing when we don't forgive people. You say, well, they didn't ask me to forgive them. That's not what it says. It says you're to forgive them whether they ask for forgiveness or not. Well, wouldn't that be neat if all of a sudden, I feel like in this house, all the accounts that everybody's holding against someone, after today, we just release them. How would you do that? You have... Forgive them. Let it go. Some of you are holding on sheets of paper and you got all these things listed down with some rascal done to you, but you won't do this because you want to hold on to it. But here's what God says to you. Forgive it. Now, that's not easy to do because some of your situations are serious. Some of the things, it's constant every day. You're having to deal with it it, and it angers you because it's not right. But always stand on the side of truth. Always stand for what's right. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And learn to live the dream. I wonder today... How many of you are bitter? You're just bitter. You're a cranky old man. You're a cranky old woman. I can say old now because I is one. But you're a cranky young man. You're a cranky young woman. And you're just, there's no joy in your life. There's no peace. You're unhappy. And until you release what I believe the dream is, you're not going to let your husband off the hook. He's never going to do anything to please you. And he's probably gotten to where he don't even try anymore. I don't know if y'all have seen this commercial, but I've I caught it a couple of times. and And it's a traffic jam and everybody's beginning to fuss and all of a sudden the love just seems to flow. You ever seen that? Through the, And all of a sudden everybody's just happy and, and it seems like livable and tolerant and loving to be around. Most of you know what that is like not to happen in your life. You're miserable. And I can only tell you, you were not made to live that way. In Christ, we have the power through the Spirit of God to be set free. Now, you can sit there and fight it until you run everybody off around you. You can live worldly all you want, but it won't get you there. It's just going to bring misery. Jesus meant He was holy. And he'll see to it that you become holy if you follow the right person. You follow the right plan. And I'm telling you, we're living in a world that's very difficult for a Christian to take a stand and live right. But that's what God expects. He expects us to rise above that which is worldly, that which was fleshly. And come to the to the table of the spirit truth. After all, you got in the mess because you followed your plan. Isn't it time that you let God finally have his plan? With your head bowed and your eyes closed.